Welcome back to Challenges of Faith. I'm Gary McCann. Tonight's guest is Liza Lynn Smith, author, community leader, and aerospace engineer. Listeners, I know that you're looking forward to this serious and fun interview with our beloved sister. I know there are 30,000 of you already tuned in just to hear her powerful sojourn. We're talking about, well, no, I can't tell her story. Only Liza Lynn can tell her own story about her life. Liza Lynn, welcome to Challenges of Faith. Thank you. Thanks for having me. First and foremost, how are you and your son? Oh, we're doing great this home relaxing this weekend. All right. You know, everyone's childhood is unique, yours as well. However, everyone does not grow up playing with Legos and Erector sets. What are Legos and Erector sets and why those? So, as I'm sure most people know, Legos are the building blocks that children start playing with at very young ages to get accustomed to building and allowing their imaginations to design and create whatever they can imagine. And similarly with erector sets, they're mechanical um, toys which you can connect and also designed to be whatever you can imagine. So those kinds of things at a very young age help to foster your imagination and give children the the idea that they can create something and they can make something that is usable and they can share and then they can tear it down and rebuild it into something new and just explore different different opportunities. You know, listeners, um, here in the United States, um, oftentimes there are perceptions. Uh, We're talking about uh, a lot of times people have perceptions of individuals that are growing up in cities and states that uh, uh, the news media may uh, uh, perceive to be uh, communities, irrespective of what the community represents, but communities of individuals who are living there that may not have dreams, aspirations. So the night's story that we're going to hear about with Liza Lynn, uh, she really is starting to tell it now. Uh, Being an inquisitive type person, having dreams as a child led her further. But again, we'll hear from her, not me. So you obtained your Bachelor of Science from the University of Michigan and your Master of Science from North Carolina Agricultural and Technical State University. What were your fields of studies and what role did Legos and Erector sets play in your attending those particular colleges? So both of my degrees are mechanical engineering. And so... Um, I wouldn't say that the Legos directly impacted the schools that I attended, but they definitely impacted the career that I chose, which is engineering, Mm -hmm. which engineers design and create and build things based upon the needs of society and different Mm -hmm. companies. And so using those building blocks, literally, of Legos and erector sets 
I was able to envision myself building what I I do now, which is I work on rockets. So it's it's relatable in that sense. Mm-hmm. Listeners, um, those of you who happen to be beloved parent or parents, knowing that you have a plan and purpose for your child and children's life, and knowing that your parent or parents, if you're blessed to have both, grandparents or whomever had a plan and purpose for your life. And when you think about God from the perspective of here you're talking about a child having their own dreams, their own aspirations, not knowing that the steps that one takes later on all is a part of a building block for their lives that may or may not have a positive impact on those individuals they come in contact with be it one-on-one or from a global perspective. I hope you're listening, listeners, to how it all began for Eliza Lynn, because as you were here, God, as he always will do, will continue to bless her particular journey. You've now graduated with your engineering degree. Where next? So that you can apply that years of gained knowledge. Okay. So I'd like to go back a little bit because you talked about the importance of parents and how they can foster or help to encourage learning. And I was definitely blessed to be raised by my parents um, who have just recently celebrated their 47th wedding anniversary. They're still going strong. But they always um, definitely encouraged me to um, fulfill my dreams and to do excellent in school and to just focus on what my goals were and not become distracted by the many pitfalls that tend to um, attract many, unfortunately, many of the inner city youth and cities like Detroit where I grew up. So that has been very pivotal in my life and still is just having that support. And it doesn't happen. It's important that the parents are involved, but that's just one part of the puzzle. I think it's also critical to have the community, whether it be teachers, family members, older siblings, everyone just recognizing um, the importance of being a network of support and encouragement for students, for young people, even as young as kindergarten, and recognizing what their gifts may be and helping to provide opportunities for them to develop those skills so that when they do become high school and college students, they'll have um, the necessary skill sets to uh, succeed in any career that they choose. So it starts very young, and it requires a very extensive network of support. So, listeners, you're hearing a lot of nuggets, a lot of meat. Liza Lynn took a moment. She went back in order to go forward. She talked about her beloved parents. You know, that's uh, knocking down a lot of perception, misperception out there as it relates to uh, individuals in any particular community, because it's all about an individual, not about what one perceives an individual to be, meaning she talked about the fact that she has two parents come out of a two-parent household and from the inner city. You know, you're going to meet two people as you sojourn through life, and One may try to take away from, the other may try to build you up. And that also is applicable to parent or parents. 
but you don't stand still or go back. You move forward. And you also are hearing the fact that, again, you got to move forward irrespective of where you happen to be in life. It doesn't make a difference where you happen to live that I call zip code. It doesn't make a difference. You can be all you need to be for your life to have an impact for others. Liza Lamb, first and foremost, congratulations to you. So you turn toward the skies. Why NASA? So while I was a student at North Carolina Agriculture and Technical State University, I had the opportunity to have an internship at NASA Langley Research Center, which is in Athens, Virginia, which is coincidentally where the Hidden Figures um, film was based on that location and those um, actual real-life characters. So I had the opportunity to work there for a summer, and while working there, I was exposed to various projects which were unique and very intriguing because it's nowhere else in the world that you can work on these types of projects that NASA works on. So that attracted me to the company. So once I finished my master's degree, I was offered a position in Ohio at the NASA Glenn Research Center, and I started there immediately after graduate school, and I've been there for a little over 15 years now. So it's been an amazing experience. All right, let's go back for a moment. First of all, congratulations to your parents as well for their anniversary. But let me ask you a question. Um, So your parents is watching your journey. Now you've entered yeah. NASA, and what, what were their uh, what were their thoughts? They were just excited for me. They really just want me to pursue my passions and being able to just witness me succeed and be happy in my career was, or still is, something that they're very proud of. Did anyone ever have a question mark while you were <clears throat> while you were as a child playing with those Legos and erector sets? I would say Your no. fascination. I was never, no, I was never discouraged from from that. I mean, mm-hmm. I still play with the dolls and all that too, but mm-hmm. it was just something intriguing to me about making something mm-hmm. or being able to create something. Mm-hmm. But I was never discouraged from it. No. Mm-hmm. So after you joined NASA, you were recognized for your role in developing what and why? So I actually have had the opportunity to um, work on two projects that have taken flight over the past 15 years. The first one was the Ares 1X project, and that mm-hmm. was um, where my team provided structural design and analysis for part of the, the vehicle. And Mm -hmm. so it's just nothing like it, seeing something that you actually physically touched and witnessing that fly off into the atmosphere. It's very, I like to say it's a ball of emotions because it's both exhilarating and very nerve-wracking at the same time because you (laughs) never really know what's going to happen. You like Mm -hmm. to think you know, but, you know, a lot of things are outside of your control personally. Um, And then I had another project that, Similarly, it took flight, and it was a very exhilarating experience, to say the least. So mm-hmm. that's been the most um, rewarding part of what I do is just actually seeing it take flight. Mm-hmm. 
So, listeners, uh, speaking of Ohio and what Liza Lynn just shared and the fact that she's been with NASA for 15 years, she was honored at Crane's Cleveland Business Second Annual 20 in their 20s event. That recognizes individuals in their 20s who are making an impact on Northeast Ohio. And so think about it. She comes from a childhood of playing with the Legos and being recognized for causing an impact in her 20s. You also became the president of the Northeast Ohio chapter of the National Society of Black Engineers. What did that role entail? So the National Society of Black Engineers is an organization of tens of thousands of engineering professionals, as well as college students and K-12 students who have interest in engineering. So I was actually um, introduced to NSBE, which is an acronym that represents National Society of Black Engineers. I was introduced to the organization as a high school student. Shortly after, I learned about what engineering was. So NSBE has chapters all over the country and even now all over the world that provide scholarships, provides networking opportunities, mentorships, and support for students and professionals who are in the engineering field. And that every year they have a national convention where all the engineers come together and attend workshops and hear about what's happening in industry. They also have a career fair where people who are looking for jobs in engineering fields can come and gain employment. So it's a very powerful organization. And having the opportunity to serve as president was also very rewarding for me because while I was serving, we were able to start building up the local high school chapter of the National Society of Black Engineers. And we were able to take high school students to conferences and just develop um, a system where students were able to learn more about engineering as high school students and then better prepare themselves to enter college and to engineering programs. So it's been, and it's still going strong now. I was president years ago, probably nine, eight, nine years ago. But the organization is still going strong, and I'm proud to say we've been able to send students to conferences and offer our ongoing support as professional engineers to high school students. So it's very, very rewarding. Mm-hmm. So mentors who are listening to the program or parent of parents and those of you who are teachers and so forth, here you have a leader from the community who is sharing the impact, and but most importantly, her interest as relates to while in high school. So you're now back down here on earth, no pun intended, meaning helping the community. <laughs> what is the Footprints for Girls program and how were you instrumental in helping a young student be better her math grade? Okay, so the Footprints for Girls organization was founded um, here locally in the Cleveland area by, she actually happens to also be a fellow engineer. Her name is Stephanie House, and she founded the organization to serve young ladies in the Cleveland, the city of Cleveland primarily. And similar to the National Society of Black Engineers, 
footprint for girls, provided mentor um, mentorship opportunities, and basically life coaching opportunities for professional women to mentor and guide young ladies in many different aspects of life, including um, career support, education support, uh, or academic support, and, and those kinds of things. Listeners, before we break with a song, Eliza Lynn did such an excellent and genuine work in her community, it impressed her supervisor, who also said Miss Smith is intelligent, well-liked, and a joy to be around. She always has a large smile on her face. Listeners, as a believer of the household of faith, irrespective of where you work, can the same be said of you? You never know who's watching you. You never know who's listening to you, but can the same be said of you? We'll return in seven minutes. Hope you're listening to the words of the song and apply it to your life only if it's applicable. guys so let's let's settle down some we need you to sing this song with us listen up listen up God of creation, there at the start before the beginning of
the challenges of faith returning with our guest Liza Lynn Smith who has been sharing her story and sojourn from growing up playing with Legos entering college her beloved son her beloved parents working with NASA being recognized as a person in her 20s for making an impact her community work which impacted and is impacting children students and at-risk youth Listeners, Liza Lynn's quest and pain for continuing the form of writing. Now we're going to turn toward her writing, penning her first ebook, Calculate Your Savings. Liza Lynn, what prompted you to write it? What is Calculate Your Savings all about, and who is your intended audience? So my um, my first book, Calculate Your Savings, was published in 2014, so about five years ago. And what prompted me to write that book was my own experience with learning how to manage money and how to um, 
find ways to be wise with the money that I had because at the time, um, prior to writing the book, I was a new mom and I was home on maternity leave and I had to kind of figure out different ways to kind of stretch my resources while I was home. And so I explored a lot of different things that worked for me at the time and I was able to save probably thousands of dollars using certain tactics and strategies and that has kind of it's changed over the years but in general those basic things about um, saving when you can um, every time you get paid you should be saving some money you should be putting money towards your retirement um, and you should be shopping wisely and making sure that you use up everything that you have to think um wise with what you have and being appreciative and grateful for the things that you have and using them to the best of your ability. So the intended audience was not just people of faith, but anybody can take some of these strategies and apply them to their wise choices for their family. Listen, what was interesting for me while I was listening to Liza Lynn as she was sharing it with her audience on YouTube was that here she could have, if she chose, she could have um, taken her titles um, and said, well, you know, I'm on maternity leave and uh, and I have these funds and, and I don't need to stretch them and, and I could use it this way and do this and do that. And do you notice that uh, pride did not enter the picture with her? Do you notice that she wasn't selfish with her knowledge? Do you notice that she decided willfully to share with everyone? You didn't hear me say anything about race. You didn't hear me say anything about materialism as it relates to wealth or no wealth, lack of wealth. She intended to share it with anyone who needed to know how to calculate their savings. How about publish your idea? So publish your idea is an online course. I'm in the process of developing. I actually finished recording the last lesson for that course yesterday, but it's geared towards people who want to publish their own book, self-publish their own book. So it's, since I published my first book, I have talked to countless people who are on different um, parts of the journey of just having an idea they want to publish. Some people are in the writing process. Some people are close to finishing their book, and, and they just don't know the steps. And it's really not a very clear-cut um, roadmap out there to show people how to get this done efficiently. There are a lot of kind of, there's information everywhere that you can go and seek out and do research and figure out, oh, how do I obtain my copyright? How do I obtain uh, someone that can edit my book? How do I, you know, there's so <laughs> many different steps involved in publishing a book. And so mm-hmm. I decided that I would put a course together to make it easy for people who have an idea and they want to publish. So I actually mm-hmm. currently do have a mini course. It's just a 12-minute course that someone can watch and get kind of an overview of all the steps that are required. Publisher Idea, the course, will be a more in-depth um, course with 13 lessons, an extensive 
step-by-step instructions and action steps that you can take to get your idea in your head into a book that you created and published yourself. So that's what Publisher Idea is. And now to your new release, Goddess Vibes. What is this book about and who are the intended readers? So Goddess Vibes, I have been working on this book for a few years, but I recently published it about, um, I want to say four months ago now, almost four months ago. So Goddess Vibes is a book that encourages women to take care of themselves. And so often what happens with us as women is that we give so much. We give to our families. We give to community. We give to work. And just we're just constantly giving, giving, giving. And then what happens as women, we feel depleted. We feel empty. We feel um, neglected. And a lot of times we encounter health problems that we don't necessarily take care of because we're so busy taking care of everyone else, we neglect to take care of ourselves. So I just wanted to encourage my fellow women, and this is based on my life experience, based on the experience of women around me. Um, I just wanted to say it's time for you to say no to certain things that are draining and not filling you and say yes to yourself, and that's okay. You know, God doesn't want us to give to the point of being empty and we have nothing to um, to give to him, and it's just, it's just been a very awesome experience for me to have women come and tell me that book really helps me to know that it's okay. Like, I, I deserve comfort, too. I deserve care. I deserve love. And so that, that was what caused me to write that book. So. And the intended audience is just all women. Pretty much any woman can get something positive from that book. And, of course, I would hope that the men, whoever the men happen to be, that surround the ladies if they happen to be, that um, that when they see that lady in their life or the don't have to be in their life, but if they see that lady that surround them taking care of themselves, then I would hope that would inspire them to begin to, begin to take care of themselves as well. So you might. Oh, it's only a suggestion. <laughs> Go ahead. You were going to say something? I said, absolutely, yes. All right. Lazalyn, as a Christian, a believer of a household of faith, what role has God played and is playing in your sojourn through life? How has your faith been challenged? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I grew up basically my whole life in the church and have been surrounded by strong people of faith as a child and and growing up and in college and even now. And so um, God has always been the foundation of it for everything that I've done. Without um, my faith, without knowing that God was directing and leading my path and putting the right people in my path along the way, without that I can't say that I would be where I am. So it's been an amazing um, experience, amazing life experience to have God walking with me throughout the whole, um, my whole journey. So um, in terms of challenges, I would say um, this life experience is things that happen with our, in our lives, within our lives. And challenges in relationships, I would say, probably is the, 
the biggest one because oftentimes we put um, faith in people or expectations in people, and those always don't work out. And and it, it really just helps to redirect your focus and, and helps you to realize that ultimately your faith has to be in God because he's the one who sustains us. And he's the one that will guide us and will be with us from the beginning to the end. So I would say the the challenges in my life have primarily been through relationships and my expectations. So, mm-hmm. but it's a journey. So I'm grateful for learning along the way, and I will continue to learn. So, we, we all we are all of us. You know, I was blessed um, to just finish a book on relationships. All of us, you know, I had an opportunity recently. Um, um, and it's interesting how God uses us uh, irrespective of what times and with what person. But there was someone who a lot of people may know, uh, and um, and um, they sent me um, uh, an email to uh, take a look at uh, an experience that they had from a relational standpoint. And I looked at it and I sent word back. I said, you know, uh, 99 men or women may pass you by, but there's only one that's really meant for you, depending. And it meant that oftentimes we find ourselves thinking that we have to go through 99 to get to the one, and that may not be. But, you know, listening to what you just shared with sensitivity and with respect, um, as you so said, for your life, uh, God has been there with you since a child. He's still with you now. And um, and I'm sure that the lessons that you learn and continue to learn as a beloved mom, that you will continue to instill in your beloved son as he grows to be the man of God that God would have him to be no matter what lady he meets in his life. Absolutely. How, how can listeners purchase your books? So both of my books are available on Amazon.com, and you can just put in either the title of the book or my name, which is Lizalyn, L-I-Z-A-L-Y-N, Smith. Lizalyn, you once said, Growing up in the city, you don't see a lot of people who look like you and have a college education. Does that still hold true today? Unfortunately, I would say it probably still does hold true. Um, education is not always viewed as something that is achievable or desirable in far too many communities. And I think by the time that students are, I want to say forced, I don't want to say forced, or encouraged to choose careers, which typically happens late middle school to high school, they may not have the tools necessary to choose careers which require college at that point. So I just would really encourage any parent or any community leader, even if you yourself don't have a college education, to start exposing your students 
into different careers which require higher education, even as early as five years old or even toddlers, because unfortunately, some communities, I wouldn't say unfortunately, some communities expose their children to people, experiences, and opportunities way sooner and way earlier than others. And then so those communities that do offer those exposures, their students are more prepared and more interested, and they believe that they can achieve it because they've seen it throughout their entire lives. So I would just encourage anybody to expose your students and their children to a vast majority of the vast variety of choices that they have. So you're not really pushing them into one way or another. You're just exposing them. So when they get to age, they can choose what they want because they will have the tools to make a choice. It's better to have more options um, and more skills than you need rather than not having those opportunities or choices. What final words do you have for our global listeners? So for the listeners, I would just encourage you to always follow your dreams. Create dreams and follow them. Um, often we get into a rut or a box and we feel incapable of reaching out, exploring, and participating in opportunities that we don't see anyone else around us participating in. So never be afraid to try. Never be afraid to go into an experience, even if you don't know what you're doing. A lot of times when you start, there are people that will come alongside you and help and support you. I had never written a book before. You know, there are things that I've never done that I just said, you know, I'd like to try this. I want to do this. And I stepped out on faith, and I did it. And when I wrote the first book, I was so excited, so proud of myself, so um, just thrilled. And then to know that what I put out there was something that helped other people and to realize that if I had just decided, you know, oh, I don't know how to do this or, you know, just be fearful and afraid, then that would never have happened and it would never have touched the lives that it touched. So I would just encourage everybody. There's someone that really needs to hear your story. There's someone that can benefit from your life, from what you have experienced, and never be afraid to to share and never be afraid to try something new. I would just encourage everyone to live your best life. As a loving mom, what message do you have for moms? For moms? Um, yeah. I think just what I what I said a few minutes ago about exposing your students to or your children to opportunities. Um, when my son was was smaller, no, we we've been to so many different museums and just the libraries. I started reading to him actually when he was in my stomach. I started reading. I would sit in his nursery in the chair and read stories to him. And so when he was born. He would sit as if a newborn baby, and I would be reading to book, reading books to him. And by six months, he was turning the pages in the books, and and I was just always exposing him to 
learning. And then when he, I believe it was two or three years old, I started teaching him Spanish. And I just started just pouring into because their little minds are like sponges. I would encourage all moms and parents to expose your child to all kinds of different information because we live in a global society and they have to have a global mindset. They have to be able to communicate and interact with people from different backgrounds. And it's important to start as early as possible. And even if you don't know something, you can learn yourself and be a teacher because um, I know we like to send our children to school and depend upon the educational system to be their teacher. But in reality, you are their first teacher and you will be the teacher for longer than any other teacher they have. So it's important for you to use those those moments as they're growing and um, inquisitive, to use those moments to teach lessons and tangible life lessons that they will carry throughout their lives. As a leader in the community, but for any community leader, based on the topics we just spoke on, um, what words do you have for them to help the community and the youth in the community be the best that they should and could be? Mm-hmm. Well, that really is based on relationships. So mm-hmm. it's important to develop one-on-one relationships with the community members because that, in that um, environment, you're able to build trust. You're able to um, show that you're truly concerned and truly interested in the betterment of the community, and it's not just a one-time thing or for show or for, you know, checking off a box because you are invested in this person personally, and that's where change can take place. That's where that person can um, feel compelled to accomplish goals because they feel like they have someone genuine that they can depend on in their form. So, so organizations are comprised, comprised of people. So those people have to take personal accountability to connect and build bridges so that those behind us, those generations behind us, can confidently walk forward because they have a clear path and they have someone leading them along the way. And finally, as an aerospace engineer for NASA, for those students out there, irrespective of where they are globally, what who are uh, contemplating, they're at a standstill on which direction to go, and, but they want to go where you are. What mm-hmm. words do you have for them? Well, it would depend on the age of the student. Um, if they're in high school, I would encourage them to take as much math and science as their school offers and look for opportunities to participate in science fairs, math competitions, and also community outreach opportunities so that you will be prepared to apply for college and pursue an engineering degree. Uh, For younger students, similarly, take as much math and science as you can, um, and also for their parents to expose them to different math and science competitions, opportunities, museums, hands-on. The biggest thing for me was hands-on 
as a child because it's like, okay, I can see this, I can feel this, I can do this, I can be this. And so it's all of those small small moments in time where you can experience something, it adds up to um, believing in yourself and it adds up to making it real and tangible. So that's what I would encourage for um, students, K-12. Liza Lynn, thank you for taking the time out of your schedule, your total schedule, especially as a beloved mom for appearing on the Challenges of Faith Radio program number one. And may our loving God continue to richly bless you, your son, your total family. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Oh, it's an honor to have you on. Listeners, if you understand, and I know you do, then you are acutely aware of the important role that Liza Lynn plays at her job which impacts every culture and community globally. You've been hearing from an aerospace engineer, community leader, and author. She could have been selfish and just stayed on her job and just did work and spent all the time she needs with her son, but she hasn't done that. She's looking out for the community. She's looking out for the children, irrespective of what community the children come from. She's also looking out for the parent, the single parent, both parents, the grandparents, the great-grandparents, the relatives, you name it, by pinning these books, especially one about savings. She didn't have to, but she has. And then she also wanted to direct it toward ladies, making sure you're taking care of you. Because if you can't take care of you, how are you going to be able to take care of those around you, especially your children? or that person that may or may not be in your life that you love or who loves you. Liza Lynn and others are showing all of us the importance of not only dreaming about our futures, but making them real. But most importantly, as she has said, making it real with the help of God and who he sends to humanly assist us along the way. So here we had a chance to listen to Liza Lynn Smith, author, community leader, and aerospace engineer. She brought the cookies from the chop shelf, brought them down, made it clear from space back down to earth. Hope you've listened to her. Hope you're aspiring to be all you should be, that God would have you to be irrespective of what it is. But whatever it happens to be, make sure that he's glorified out of what you say and do in your life. i 
Posture. 